Good morning, Scotts Hill. So glad that you're here with us this morning. Chris and I are not here this morning. We're on our way back from Hilton Head because of a wonderful gift that you have given to us for my 25 year anniversary at Scotts Hill. If you're a covenant member, you should have received a letter in the mail stating of some key transitions that are going to be happening here at Scotts Hill. One of those is our assistant pastor to students, Josh Hansen. We're wanting to transition him to the position of an associate pastor of family ministries. He'll be responsible for all the family ministries from bed babies all the way to student ministry. He will oversee that, give direction to that. In transitioning Josh to that position, we have an opening for the student ministry. Therefore, we would like to take Tucker Kelly and transition him from a student coordinator to an assistant pastor to student ministries. Tucker is no stranger to our student ministry. He grew up in the life of this church. He served as an intern for several years, and for five years he's been serving in his position of coordinator. He knows all the ins and outs of student ministry. He has the skill set to do that. He has the knowledge to do that, and providing him the opportunity to move up to that position of an assistant pastor to students requires a number of things. Number one, it requires you having the opportunity to listen to him preach and to assess his ability to handle God's word. Well, this morning, Tucker is here to preach in view of a call for an assistant pastor to student ministries. And you will be given the opportunity today to listen to him. And then on August 11th, you will have the opportunity to extend that call to Tucker by voting for him at the end of each of the services. So since Tucker is here this morning, he is going to be preaching in view of a call. And so we just want to encourage you, if you would, right now, encourage him by giving him a warm Scotts Hill welcome as he comes to bring God's word. It's, it's, it's really good to be up here. And I, I don't know if you remember hearing Phil just said, assess my message. So Take out your notes, bring your pencils, bring your pens, and make, make some notes. I want to hear them afterwards, because I want to be better, obviously, but, but that's kind of nerve-wracking, right, when the senior pastor says, all right, I want you to assess this guy, um, look, make sure he's got the right shoes, make sure his shoes are tied, ha, <laughs> gotcha, Velcros. Can the camera see that? Like, that's what matters. <laughs> um, I came prepared. Uh, but, but yeah, that's kind of nerve-wracking, and there's been this tension within me this week because um, obviously we're, we're in this series called Free, Liberated by Jesus, and we all want to be free, right? And, and that when we hear free, that sounds awesome, like liberated by Jesus. And uh, the beginning of this series, Phil laid out the foundational truth that we are free in Christ. Amen. I'm so glad that we are free in Christ. He rose from the grave, and now we live in victory Right, we get to live in freedom, and we talked the first week um, or the second week. We talked about freedom from fear, and then we talked about freedom from discouragement. And today, I, I get to talk about freedom, freedom from worry and anxiety, which that's the very tension. Because this week, I was like, "Uh, this is a pretty big message for me to preach. Probably one of my biggest messages because I'm preaching in view of a call um, where you guys get to assess me, right? And 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 um, in the next couple of weeks, vote whether." you know, yay or nay, and um, so uh, there's, there was some worry in, in my heart. There was some, some anxiety a little bit, but, but God kept telling me, Tucker, I've placed you here for a reason. I've, I've, I've allowed you to grow up in this church 
to, to gain relationships and, and to be taught by, by our pastors and our staff. And, and, and I came through this, this student ministry and um, God has put me in this place today, which is incredible and I thank him for this. And it's such an honor to be up on stage today communicating the gospel, communicating the word of God. And I wanna let you know that I don't take that lightly. Like this is a big deal. This is something that I've poured over for over a week and, and I've, I've, I dive into scripture and I, and, I, and I do this with prayer and I ask God um, that he would speak through me and, and I believe that he's gonna have a word for us today and I believe it's gonna be incredible. Um, also, if you see me start sweating, it's either because I'm really into it or I'm really just sweaty and hot because we're, we're missing an AC unit, like it's out either on this side or this side. I don't know, I'm sorry, you guys can figure it out. If you're cold, then it's probably working here. If you're hot, it's not working. And last service, I just started sweating, so don't mind that. But we're free from, from that fear, right? Yeah, we're free from from all those things. And so I'm excited to talk about this. And while I was writing my message and preparing, I felt like I was missing something. And what was really cool is I was at a youth conference this weekend. And Josh uh, Hansen was one of the speakers there. They had uh, five or six youth pastors in the area come out to LifePoint. And they, did, they gave them five minutes to preach, um, which is pretty fun. That's fun to watch. And the, the whole theme of the weekend was John 10.10, which says this. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, I came that they may have life and, light and have it abundantly. Which I thought was an incredible theme of a weekend for, for youth. Um, but it, it just so fits well with, with what we're talking about today and freedom, being liberated by Christ, right? When I, when I, when I, when I hear this, like the enemy wants to use fear. The enemy wants to use discouragement. And the enemy wants to use worry and anxiety to entrap us, to enslave us. And I think he's doing a pretty good job, especially in our culture today, because there's a lot of things happening. We live in a fast-paced culture where there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of anxiety, there can be a lot of worry. And as we rest our head down on the pillow at night, all these things, all these thoughts filter through our mind, filter through our, 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 our head, and it's hard to get to sleep at night. The enemy's using worry to steal and kill and destroy our joy. Don't let him. We have to put a stop to that because we need to understand that John 10, 10 says, I came, Jesus came, that we may have life, freedom, church, and life abundantly. I love that. Life to the fullest, as other, other translations say. Don't live enslaved to worry. It's really easy for us to, though, right? But as I was looking up statistics and doing some research, I, I, I saw that 85% of the things we worry about never actually come to be true. 85. But that does leave the 15%, and you're like, Tucker, what, what about the 15%? What, what about them? Oh, I'm worried, <laughs> right? Well, let me tell you, the 15% that was, that was tested, 79% of those people, right, if you're following math-wise, I'm not, but whatever, like, I, trust, I trust the post, 79% of those people said, you know what, it came true, but it wasn't that hard. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. You see, when we worry, we have these exaggerations in our mind that, that something's going to happen and it never happens, it's never as bad as it seems in our mind, right? And then the other, you know, 79%, they also said, you know what, it, it, it happened, and it was kind of hard. 
It was hard to go through, but you know what? I learned incredible life lessons from going through that. And I learned to trust in God or myself. Obviously, this wasn't a church poll or anything like that, but they learned that, hey, I can, I can handle this. I can do this. And I thought this statistic was pretty interesting because I was like, dang, 85%. We're wasting some energy, aren't we? Worrying. You know, it, keep, it keeps us up at, at night and, and, it, and it causes us to lose faith in many circumstances. But it also has health effects too when we worry. I read this story where this volunteer, her name was Martha, and Martha was around 70 years old, and she decided to give back to her community. She said, I'm gonna serve with the time that I have, and so I'm gonna go and I'm gonna pick up the elderly and drive them to doctor's appointments. And so if you've been looking for ways to serve, there you go, there you have it. Pick up the elderly and take them to doctor's appointments. And so Martha pulls up to the home, and as she pulls up, she sees this lady coming out of the home, and she's like, oh, that's probably another volunteer. And the lady gets in her car, and she just looks at her, and she's like, good grief, how old are you? Like, she's, she's like thinking about it, and she's thinking about the nicest way to say how old are you, because that's like the last thing you say to a woman, right? Or ask a woman, is that right? Like, is that, yeah, okay, cool, I've gotten some nods. And, and so she's driving, and, and, and as Martha's driving, she's looking at her, and she's like, I have to ask, how old are you? And this lady who looks 70 years old says, I'm gonna turn 94 next month. 94. <laughs> Martha looks in the mirror and she looks at her. Martha looks at herself. She looks at her and she's like, I gotta know your secret. Like, is it, you stopped eating gluten? Like, you put Vaseline on your face? No GMOs? Like, you don't eat the strawberries from Lewis Farm? I don't know. Like, what, what are you doing? Stopped eating ice cream? Can't do that. And uh, she just looked at her. She said, Martha, I stopped worrying 30 years ago. I stopped worrying. And Martha just walked away with this understanding that, wow, worry is an issue in my life. Worry is an issue in our lives. And, and it has spiritual effects. It has health effects. If we're enslaved to worry, we're not going to be able to live to the fullest. I've heard it like this said, like this worry is like a rocking chair. It will give you something to do but it won't get you anywhere. Just rocking back and forth. That worry's in your head, going over and over and over again, but it's not getting you anywhere. And typically the things we worry about are the things that we have no control over, right? Like we have no control over certain things, and one thing that we don't have any control over is the, um, is the weather. You guys live here, maybe you're visiting, welcome, I'm glad you're here for the, for the time, but, but um. You guys know that when the weatherman says it's going to be sunny, what does it do? It thunderstorms in the summertime, right? <laughs> it's like you can't count on the weather always being what you want it to be. I was actually in a, um, in a wedding, which is crazy because it's July. It's one of the hottest times, and, and the bride was like, let's have it outside. It's going to be great. And it's like, no. And Caroline and Kirk, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I love you guys. Um, I was the best man of the wedding, and I was the best at sweating in the wedding. Um, and, you know, it was outside. It was in the afternoon, so it was a little cooler. It wasn't like 90 degrees. It was 89, so it's fine. Um, you just can't control the weather. And she was like, let's pray that it's 60 degrees. And I'm like, okay, we can try. But you can't control the weather. Uh, the traffic. Oh, gosh. Don't we wish we could control the traffic, right? Some of you have to commute on College Road. Some of you have to commute on Market Street. 
My wife and I, we moved out to Castle Haines, so we never have to touch those roads. Like, we just, I just drive up Sidbury, do-do-do-do-do, and I love it. It's great. Um, but, yeah, it's, sometimes you're like, what is the person five cars ahead of me doing? Why are they doing that? They're going to get in an accident. Next thing you know, Market Street, there's an accident, and then you're an hour late for work. Like, you just have no control over those things. And another thing is growing old. Like, unfortunately, we all grow old. Like, that just happens. Like, each minute, we are growing a little older, which sometimes is sad for some of us. Another thing, and, and to an extent, we have somewhat of a, of a, you know, we can kind of traject our future, but to a certain extent, like, there's a lot of variables in our future. We can't control everything that happens in our future, right? Here's another one, the past. The past. I think some of us in this room are regretting our past, some of the things we might have done or might have said that has caused our life to be different. But here's the, here's the thing, we can't control what we've done. What's amazing is that Jesus says, hey, there's new mercies for you. Romans 8 says, there is now no condemnation. You are free, right? But we still worry about it, don't we? We still worry about these things. We worry if we can put enough food on the table. We worry that we're financially stable, which let me give you a secret. Like, I don't think we ever will get there. Like, no matter how much money is in your bank account, people with millions of dollars in their bank account aren't happy. We always want more. We want more control. It's hard to release that control. And over the summer, we, I've been trying to go to the beach as much as possible. I have a family. Um, I have a one-year-old girl. Her name is Ava. And it's really hard to get out to the beach. Like, it's, it's a challenge. But we try, you know, and it's sandy. And our little one-year-old tries to eat the sand. And we're like, stop. We don't have control over her eating the sand. Um, and it was one of those days that it was kind of calm outside and calm in, 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 the, in, the, in the waves. And uh, I decided I'm going to take my little girl out on this little surfboard that I have, which is a, here's a picture um, right here. It's this little soft foam surfboard. And because um, maybe one day, you know, she'll be a professional surfer. <laughs> right on. Um, and, or maybe not. I don't know. But, but we went out into the waves and she was loving it. Like she wasn't worried at all. She was having a blast. And let me tell you, for, for me to watch my daughter, it's, it's my greatest joy to watch her giggle to watch her laugh, to see her just have an incredible time with her daddy. Like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I love it. It's so, so awesome. And, 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 and to see her smile and just enjoy it. She's got two bottom teeth, and so it's really funny. She's a little slower on the, on the teeth situation. I was too, so it's fine. I'm not worried. Um, <laughs> but just to like, see those teeth just like smile and her, her gums, oh, it's just so precious. And she's having an incredible time, and, and, and Miranda's out on the beach, on, on the shore, and she's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, you're going you're gonna to drown our child. Like, what are you doing? It's like, I got this. Now, she had concern, which comes from wisdom. I want you to understand. Like, she had a healthy concern, um, but there, there was a little bit of worry in you, too, right? Just a little bit. Thanks. She has to say that because I'm up here. Anyways, um, there was a little bit of worry in her, right? And um, it didn't get her anywhere, but, but Ava... Our daughter, she was having so much fun because she trusted her daddy. She trusted that her dad was gonna take care of her. She knew that I valued her and cared about her, that I wouldn't wanna let anything happen to her. Now, I'm not in full control of the water or the waves or the creatures that live in the sea by any means, but you know who is? Our Father in heaven. 
Our Father in heaven values us. Something we tell our students every time we meet is that you matter. Why do you matter? Because you matter to God. God values each and every person here. And if you don't feel like you, value, like you have value or that you matter, that's a lie from the enemy, I just wanna tell you. If you are a son or daughter of Christ, he cares about you. He says that you are a masterpiece and he has great plans for you. And Jesus, as he's preaching and teaching in Matthew 6, he says the same thing. He says, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are. He cares about you. He loves you. He doesn't want you to be enslaved to worry. He doesn't want you to be enslaved to anxiety. He's saying, I have life for you. I want you to live life in freedom, in joy. He loves us. He cares about us. He wants, he wants us to kind of have that like gummed grin with two teeth on the bottom smiling throughout life, right? <laughs> And I love it, it says, look at the birds. You guys know that song, right? Um, Don't worry, be happy. And there's like, three little birds are on my doorstep. I don't get paid to sing, so I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and when, you know, when I hear that song, I'm like, oh, that's so carefree and kind of lazy. And I'm not telling you to live a lazy life. I want you to live a constructive life, but, but I don't want you to worry. And God doesn't want you to worry either. Think about the birds as they fly through the air. Think about how free they are and how much fun that's gotta be just to fly throughout life. Like, imagine just trusting in God and watching him take care of you. But that means that we have to release a little bit of control, right? And in verse 27, this is one of my favorite. I, I singled this out for a reason. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can they? You know, when I think about worry, I think about this like dizziness in our head. And, and, and I, wanted to, I wanna illustrate what it looks like. It looks like this. It's ridiculous, right? We're worrying, oh, I wonder how the weather's gonna be. I wonder, you know, what the traffic's gonna be like. I wonder if I can provide for my family. I wonder if I'm gonna have enough money to put food on the table. I wonder what we're gonna eat tonight. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. And then you go throughout life and you're just dizzy. There's this cloud in front of your eyes and I almost just fell over. Like, <laughs> we're walking throughout life and it's not clear. And then you get to church and you've been spinning all week and you finally sit down for the first time and you're still and you're calm, but you can't see straight. It's hard to hear God. It's hard to see what scripture is telling you because maybe Sundays are the one day that you actually can sit down and meditate on the word of God. Because all week you've been worrying, doing this, and it looks ridiculous, I know, I know. And I told eight o'clock, if I fall over, call the EMTs, because I'm not getting back up. But it's not gonna add any more time. Worrying about things is actually going to keep you up at night, right? It's gonna raise your blood pressure, which has tons of health effects, right? That's not healthy when your blood pressure is really high when you're worrying, right? It's doing all these things. And then moving on, keep reading. 
And why worry about the clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? That's hard to hear. Why do you have so little faith? Because I know that there's a, there's a, there's, there's a population that, that it has clinical anxiety. I know there's some people that say, Tucker, I have faith. I've memorized the scripture. I've listened to God. I've released control. Like, you don't understand. Have faith is not always easy to hear. But Jesus doesn't just say it one time. He says it multiple times in the New Testament while he's living life here on earth. And another time he says it in Mark 4. And it's a time where they're in this boat, the disciples are in a boat, and the Bible says that Jesus rests his head on a soft cushion, which I love that detail. Like, I don't know, I'm kind of a Bible nerd, and, and I love, like, the little details that, that certain gospels give us. Like, Mark gives us the detail that the fact that he's on a soft cushion. So if you don't have a soft cushion, now's your time. You can buy one, go to Target or Walmart or whatever, get, get you a soft pillow. But he's sleeping on this soft cushion, and all of a sudden, this storm rolls in. And what did the disciples start to do? Oh, no. Here comes some clouds. What's going to happen? Here comes the lightning. Oh, I hear the thunder. Oh, my goodness. The rain is coming in. Our boat is going to sink. We're going to die. Ah! Right? I'm so dizzy. But who's right there on the soft cushion, laying down, sleeping, they're too busy worrying and being afraid that they forget that the Son of God is right beside them. Jesus is laying right there beside them. And he wakes up and he says this in Mark 4.39. He says, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. And I wish I was there in that moment because was he like, silence, be still. Or was he like, silence, be still. I really don't know. But what happened? Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Here it comes. Do you still have no faith? Jesus was in that very boat. He was asleep. He was still in control when he was asleep because he's the son of God. And as he woke up, he just said, silence. Be still, and what happened? There was a great calm. Church, I want to let you know that Jesus is in that boat with you right now. No matter what storm that you're going through right now, no matter how strong the lightning may feel, no matter how loud the, the thunder is in your mind, he's right there. And he's saying, silence, be still. Church, it's time to release control. We got to release control. There was, there was a time before I got married um, and I was finishing up college and there was a lot of anxiety in my life to the point where I just got really dizzy all of a sudden. 
Um, I was standing in my apartment, and Miranda and I were about to get married, and there was just so many thoughts running through my head. The enemy was definitely attacking. He was trying to enslave me to worry. And as I thought, I thought about all these different things. I hope that I pass my class. I, I, I hope that I can be an incredible man of God and, and be an incredible husband. I hope I can do this. I hope I can be this. I, and, and all these different things, the enemy was just making me doubt myself, which caused anxiety, which caused worry. And I, I noticed that my heart started to beat and my blood pressure went up. I just didn't feel good enough. And I was spinning, and, and the room started spinning, and my thoughts were spinning in my head, and all I could think about was worry. And then all of a sudden, I heard this voice, I, I just, just like, surrender, surrender. And it was one of those moments, you know, when you're dizzy, or maybe you, you've been on a boat, and, and you've gotten seasickness, and, and it's good to, like, get, get kind of down, right, right, and then look up and look out into the distance. Well, what does this look like? And we're on our knees. We're looking up. It looks like a posture of surrender, doesn't it? I think some of us today, we need to, to have that same posture. We need to release that control. Release worry back to God because God's saying, I, I'm here with you. I'm right in that same very boat with you. I care about you. I love you. You are valuable to me. You matter. We have to pray when we feel that storm rising. And we have to remember that Jesus is in the same boat that we are. Philippians says this, Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I used to joke and say, I never worry, but I pray all the time. All the time. I'm always praying. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's Peace. Isn't that an incredible word to hear when you're going through a storm? Peace. Which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Next verse. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Worrying about the weather, worrying about financial stability is not worthy of praise. You know what's worthy of praise? Saying, thank you, Jesus, for taking my punishment. That is worthy of praise. Let's fill our thoughts with, with praises. Let's fill our thoughts with things of, of the Lord. Let's, let's memorize scripture. Let's meditate on scripture. Let's, let's understand that there is now no condemnation. Let's understand that Ephesians 2 says that we are a masterpiece, meaning we're valuable to God, knowing that he has great plans for each and every person in this room. And something I tell every single student that comes through our doors here at Scotts Hill is that you do matter, and God has an incredible plan for you because what they're seeing on social media tells them the opposite. It tells them that they're not good enough. It tells you that we're, we're probably not good enough. It tells us that we need more. It tells us that we need to have more, do more, be more. And God's saying, I want you, come as you are with your fear, your discouragement, your anxiety, your worry. Cast all your cares on him, right? 
He cares about you. He wants that for you. And so I have three things for us to, 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 to fight against worry and to step into freedom. And honestly, these three things, as I was like doing my study, I was like, God, give me something like really awesome to say. Like, give me something that like will change the hearts and minds of these people forever. Like something that will really stick to where they go to lunch and they remember. Because most of the time when you preach, you go to lunch and then, and then the whole congregation has fought, forgot about what you've said. That's just the fact of the matter. But I was just like, God, give me something so good. And he kept telling me over and over again, aren't my words sufficient? Isn't what I have to say good enough? And it, and it kind of humbled me because I was like, I was worrying about what I was going to say, right? But God said, no, 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 no. Just read scripture. The scripture speaks for itself. And so as you're taking these notes you're probably gonna be able to guess what these things are because we've just read through this. But the first thing, when fighting worry, my first offense is a prayer of surrender. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Maybe you're fighting worry right now. Maybe you, you, you go to, you're, you have a meeting in the morning on Monday and maybe you're really worried about it. I wanna encourage you, go off to a quiet place and just pray. Say, God, I know that you've got this. I know that you're going to handle this. I know that you're going to take care of me. Maybe you have an interview. And let me tell you, if, if, if God wants you there, he's gonna get you there, right? It's a prayer of surrender. When's the last time that you sat down on your hands and knees and said, God, I need you? God, I release control to you. God, I know that you are the creator of the universe and you hold all things together. I release to you. Number two, when fighting worry, I need to have faith that God will guard my heart and mind as I live in Christ. As you live in what? Christ. Verse seven, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I love this song that Olivia just sang peace. It's by Hillsong Young and Free. It's an incredible song. I like to play that on repeat when I'm feeling like I'm getting this worry or anxious feeling. I play that and I just release and it's just like, oh my gosh, this is so good. But what's cool is you can do it without listening to music. You can be with God in his presence in the quietness of your room. You can be with God in your car. You can be with God in a large crowd. God's always with you. He's in your boat, remember? He's saying, be still, be calm. Peace be with you, right? And then number three. When fighting worry, I should seek the kingdom of God and not let worry dominate my thoughts. There's something dominating our thoughts right now. There's something that you woke up thinking about this morning. It was the first thing as you woke up, you started thinking about it and you know you're tired of thinking about it or you know that it's distracting you from the glory that God has for you, right? And his praises, right? You woke up thinking about it. You went to bed thinking about it. You've walked throughout your day thinking about it. Don't let that dominate your thoughts. Allow Jesus to bring peace to your mind. Allow Christ to rest in you and remember that he has got you, right? Think of the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God. What does that look like in your daily life? Well, it looks like a constant surrender, right? 
saying, you know what, I'm ready to release control and I'm ready, God, for the things that you have in my life because I know that my plans aren't as good as your plans. I know that the plans you have for me are incredible. I know that the plans that I make myself are always gonna fail, right? But God's plan is going to win every single time. Seek the kingdom of God. And here's what's really cool. When we seek the kingdom of God, not only does our lives change and are transformed, but other people's lives are transformed because we are being the light of the world, Matthew 5, 14, right? Don't hide your light. Let it be like a city on a hill. Let it shine, right? That's how we should be living, seeking the kingdom of God and saying, you know what? I'm going to let this little light shine. Something I sing to Ava all the time is, I'm gonna let, I need to stop singing. I, I, I don't know why I keep wanting to sing. <laughs> don't make me sing. Anyways, we need to shine our light, right? Seek the kingdom of God. Going back to Matthew 6 and wrapping this up. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate what? The thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. God knows what you need. Remember he created you. He knew you before the beginning of time. I think it's pretty crazy that he knows the number of hairs on your head or the lack thereof. But, yeah, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. It doesn't say everything you want. It doesn't say everything that you desire, a new boat, a new house. I really want a garage. I don't have one. I don't need it. So don't worry about tomorrow. I want you to hear this. If you haven't been listening at all, listen in right here. This is amazing. This is what Jesus is saying. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I just love that Jesus, knowing our struggle, because, I mean, he lived here on earth for like 30-some years, right? And, and, and he says, hey, today's, there's gonna be trouble. It's not gonna be easy. Believer in the room, you know that like when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, it was still hard. It wasn't like a magic ball happened and everything changed and, and you live life like, yay, it's perfect, it's great. No, it's still gonna have, you're still gonna have troubles today. But Jesus knows that and he tells us that. There will be trouble. But guess what? He's right there in that boat with you. He is with you and he cares about you and he values you and you matter. So what do we do with that? Well, I think we leave this place, number one, understanding that we are free. We are no longer bound to worry. And I think what else we should do is understand that there are people outside of these walls the people that we interact with every single day that are dealing with fear, that are dealing with discouragement, that are dealing with anxiety, that are dealing with worry, guess what? You have a key 
and his name is Jesus to unlock their freedom. Be his hands and feet. Be the light of the world this week as you go into your jobs, understanding that you get to walk in freedom. And that's just not, that's not just for you. That's for other people. Christ died for all of us, right? So let's witness to other people and let's let them know, hey, I'm here for you. Maybe this week that means that you're going to step out in your faith and you're not gonna let worry enslave you and you're gonna say, you know what, let me pray for you. Let's talk about these things. Let me, let me tell you what scripture says about these things. I wanna encourage you to do that this week. Walk in freedom and walk in love.